Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, just lift up a shout of praise right now. Just let the Lord know that you're here to get a word from him. You want God to do something that's going to change your heart. We want to leave here changed today in Jesus' name. Amen. That's pretty neat there that dad's out there in in Brazil. And uh, I believe that because we sowed for him to be there today, God is going to bless us in a unique and special way here today. I want to shout out, I saw some Teen Challenge. Is it Teen Challenge, right? Everybody give it up for Teen Challenge. And anybody who's a first-time visitor, and anybody who's a, an NBOG, and everybody on stream, welcome. I think we're going to have a great service today. I'm very excited when God, uh, or when Dad, similar, but <laughs> to me anyway, when Dad asked me to preach today, uh, because he was going to be in Brazil, um, I, I thought, you know what? I've got the perfect message because God had began to give me a message a few, a few weeks back. And the title of that message was hope is a fire. And what that message is about is it's about the Holy spirit and our need for the Holy Spirit and the different functions that the Holy Spirit plays in our life and the Holy Spirit's ability to be a light in darkness, to lead us, to guide us, direct us, and bring us through to victory. But as I began to study for this message, God said, hold up. That's not the message for today. And, uh, and he began to put a different message on my heart. And this one, the title for this one I like is Altars and Idols. And this one, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a taste because this one is about how you remember a few weeks back when I got to teach, I said that in modern day church, altars are one of the least utilized places, but it's absolutely one of the most powerful and important places that we should be taking advantage of in church. Can I have an amen? And in this message, altars and idols, what God was placing on my heart is that So often the things that become idols in our lives actually start out as blessings, but then we, we lose sight of what priority those blessings are supposed to play in our lives. And those things become an idol. But when we recognize it, God gives us an opportunity to turn those idols into altars and it's going to preach y'all, but that's not the message for today either. So we're going to have to send dad to Brazil a few more times so I can share these messages. But honestly, as excited as I was about those messages, I genuinely am more excited about today's message because I feel like it's a prophetic message for us here today. And I know that it's cliche to say it, but I genuinely believe if you're in this building today, God brought you here for a reason. You know, dad talks about it all the time. In, in, in Hebrew, there's no word for coincidence. Really, when you think about it, how could there be? God is omnipresent. He's the beginning. He's the end. He knows what we need in every second of our lives. And I really believe if the scripture says that if we'll humble ourselves and pray, he'll bring us divine revelations that are, that are for right here and right now. And that's why I feel like God gave me this message today that really precedes these messages about the Holy Spirit and these messages about altars and idols. And I really feel like God's just put it on my heart to to give us messages that meet us right where we're at, where we can apply these revelations of the word of God. When we leave this building, we can leave changed and we can have something to fight the enemy with tomorrow morning. So I'm very excited about this message. And today's message is called spirit and truth. And the scripture that God began to put on my heart for this message today is out of John chapter four, verses 24. And I'm going to read it to you. It says, but the hour is coming and is now here where true worshipers will worship the father in spirit 
and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. He's seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, this is a powerful scripture, and it it has multiple components to it, multiple aspects to the meaning of it. But one of the most important aspects of this scripture is what this scripture is saying prophetically. Because it's interesting when you see that Jesus said the hour is coming and is now here. That's kind of a weird thing to say. It's coming, but it's also here. What Jesus was saying there was that Jesus was the fulfillment of prophecy that the gospel was coming to the Gentile people. And when we have the spirit of God, it means that we have the spirit of God and and God's spirit is inside of us. But in addition to the spirit of God, we need the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth is when our actions reflect the spirit of God. But today I don't want to talk to you about the prophetic side of that scripture regarding Jews and Gentiles. Today I want to talk to you about something that I believe applies more specifically to the church in 2020, and to your and my lives. And I want to talk to, about, talk to you today about this idea of walking in authority through a lifestyle of integrity. Amen. When I was researching for this message, I, I was thinking about how influential Jesus was when he spoke. And, and I thought, who are some of the more life-changing speeches that I've heard in my life. And I began to think about Dr. Martin Luther King. And honestly, it's, it's Black History Month. And I wasn't even looking for an African-American, but it's, it's hard not to be moved. It's hard not to place him almost at the top of life-changing speeches. And you've seen in our social media and in our video announcements and in the hallways, we're celebrating the incredible contributions that African-Americans have made since even before the founding of this nation in our nation. Our nation wouldn't be what it is today without the contributions of African-Americans. That's just a fact. And next week we have Marvin speaking. You saw in the video announcements and Marvin came from a place where he had no running water when he was a child. And now he's one of the the world's leading CEOs. And he's going to be an absolute blessing for you to hear. So don't miss that next week. But I came across this quote from Dr. King. And I said, well, that's the quote really that sets the precedence for what I want to talk about today. This idea of walking in authority through a lifestyle of integrity. Dr. King said, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. How much discussion is going on in modern day churches about things that don't matter? There are things that matter and there are things that don't matter. But the things that matter have an eternal consequence to them. The Bible even says, don't store up yourselves riches here on earth because they're just going to burn up. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to be blessed. He absolutely does. But the church is a place where we are called to discuss things that matter, even when it's uncomfortable. Can I have a loud amen? Because here's the question. If we don't discuss it in the church... And by the church, I mean us as a people. I don't just mean this this pulpit here. But if we don't discuss things that matter at our dinner tables with our children, and when we invite people into our house for a life group, or, or when we get together with people for dinner, or when we have service, if we don't discuss things that matter, my question to us is, well, who will? Who will decide what matters to the world? Do we want our colleges telling the world what matters? 
How often do we send our children away and we've raised them in church, but maybe we haven't really discussed what matters in church or we think we've raised them right, but we haven't sat around the dinner table and really talked about what matters and we think they're okay. And then we send them away to college. Next thing you know, they're not serving God anymore. And you're like, what happened? And we have these secular institutions, these colleges who are telling our kids what matters in the world what the history of of America is and where America is supposed to be going. Church, we don't want our colleges telling our young people what matters. The church has to be talking about what matters. We don't want celebrities telling our young people or our old people what matters. We don't want our celebrities telling telling us that it's okay to have babies out of wedlock. Oh, no big deal. We don't want celebrities guiding the morals of our young people. We don't want this. The church has to talk about what matters. And, and, and at the same time that we talk about what matters, we got to tell people what doesn't matter. There's certain things that, that people focus on that are not things that they should be focusing on. We got to focus on what's eternal. If the church doesn't discuss what matters, the politicians will. And nothing against colleges and nothing against celebrities and nothing against politicians. But if their morals don't line up with his morals, then they cannot be the ones who are telling the world what matters. We've got to look to the word of God and say what matters to him is what matters to us. And those are the matters that we're going to discuss in the church and in our homes. And with our children and with our families. Nothing against politicians. But I think politicians have been a a little too focused on monetary gains from their positions. There's a discussion right now as to whether or not politicians should be able to be investing in the stock market while they're making decisions on the stock market. Listen, if you're in public service, you're in public service. We don't want, we don't want people with, with politically correct ideas looking for votes to be deciding and telling the world what matters with super PACs and, and funding and this and that. And, 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 you know, Both sides have issues. (laughs) And that's why we have to be talking about what matters. The past two years have been no time to be silent about what matters. Listen, there's been racial injustice in this country for many years. And the last couple of years, we needed to discuss it. We needed to discuss it. And that's the truth. It gets a little bit uncomfortable, but there's been racism in America and it's not all completely gone. And we got to talk about it. We got to talk about what matters and we got to eradicate it. That's why we're here. We're here because we're in this realm between heaven and hell. And God said, I need you to go down to that world. Remember our souls were given a mission before we were conceived. And here's the interesting about it. Thing about it. We accepted the mission. You don't even remember it, but you accepted a mission to come down into this middle realm and bring light to it. And we don't want to get too deep, but that's really what's going on. That's really why you're here. You're on a mission from God to talk about what matters. But we got to bring that light into the darkness. Over the past two years, we've had to talk about what matters and not be silent on issues such as churches being closed, but casinos staying open. Why we can't leave it up to politicians to talk about what matters. I mean, my goodness, where's common sense gone? Where's logic gone? (laughs) 
Over the past couple of years, we've had to talk about two miles from here, a terrorist going into a synagogue and holding a rabbi hostage and the news refusing to say it had anything to do with religion or race. I don't know if you saw the, the, the footage of that, but that rabbi and, and his, his, his staff, they had to look for a moment and just blast out of those doors. But our media doesn't want to say that it had it. And, and then boom, we're on to the next story. There's so many things happening that the world is telling us that matters. We can't even keep up with them. Massive scandals take place. And before we have a chance to even react, there's a brand new scandal. How many remember Watergate? Well, I don't because I was, I was too young, but I remember reading about it. But that was a scandal that changed the world. Nowadays, you can spy on other politicians and it's no big deal. And both sides got issues. <laughs> but that's why the church has to talk about what matters. You've got the BDS movement, the boycott, divest, and sanction Israel movement. That's anti-Semitism. That's a financial sanction on the, on the nation of Israel. If you don't think that's a big deal, look at what we're going to do in a response if Russia in, invades Ukraine. We're going to sanction them financially. That's how big of a deal financial sanctions are. If you have no, no ability to make finances, you can't have a country. So we've, it's not been a time in the last couple of years to be silent about the BDS movement. It's not been a time to be silent the past couple of years where states like Oregon, where we come from, have said that your 13-year-old can have hormone replacement to change their gender without parental consent. We got to talk about the things that matter. Because if we don't, they will. And the need to speak about these things that matters is only increasing. More and more things. The news cycle is faster and faster. But guys, I know I talked about some heavy things there, but let me lighten the mood by saying I've got good news. What does it say in the scripture? It says the hour is coming and now is here where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He's not saying, I hope that the hour is coming. He's saying, I know prophetically that the hour is here. The people are already on the earth who will walk in spirit and in truth. True worshipers. And it says that he, the Father is looking He's looking, where are my true worshipers? Where are the ones who have my spirit? Where are the ones who live according to my truth? He's looking and he's ready to use us to bring light into darkness, to bring reason to these matters and a voice to his kingdom. Amen. Amen. So knowing that God is looking for True, worship, true worshipers who, who will worship in spirit and in truth, I had to ask myself this question. What is it then that will make them listen? And this is the scripture I want to share with you. This is beautiful. Out of Mark chapter 1, verses 21, it says, Then Jesus and his companions went to Capernaum, and right away... Jesus entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and began to teach. I want to stop right there and just say, we have to stop being so patient to let the world push and push and push these agendas. Just like Jesus went into the synagogue and he was like, okay, let me lay it down for you right now. We can't allow this political correctness, this cancel culture. You know how many doctors want to speak up about things right now? You know how many politicians want to speak up about things right now? How many celebrities and athletes want to speak up about things right now? But because of this super loud, weak little minority, 
they can't or they could, but they choose not to because they think they're going to be canceled. That's why this whole cancel culture, it's so opposite of the kingdom of God. It's so opposite. I mean, you talk about, you may, oh, you made a mistake, you know, 11 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and you're canceled for permanently. Like that's like, couldn't be more opposite than our gospel. That's how we know first and foremost that it's just, it's just ridiculous. But we can't worry about that. We can't worry about losing followers. We can't worry about, about what the government's going to say. We got to speak up. We got to speak this truth. Immediately, Jesus taught. The people were astonished at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority. The world will be astonished when you talk, when you live in spirit and truth, because that is what breeds authority. Suddenly a man with unclean spirit cried out in the synagogue. I love this. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked the spirit and said, be silent. That's what we need to be telling unclean spirits right now. Be silent. Be be silent, you unclean spirits who who are trying to lead our kids in the wrong directions. Be silent, you unclean spirits in, in Hollywood trying to lead, lead our, our generation in the wrong direction. Be silent, you unclean spirit. He said, come out of him. At this, the unclean spirit threw the man into convulsions and came out with a loud shriek. All the people were amazed and began to ask each other, what is this? A new teaching with authority? Oh, we've heard teachings before, but where's this authority been? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And the news about Jesus spread quickly through the whole region of Galilee. We're looking for a revival. When the news of Jesus begins to to, to spread through the whole Galilee and through the whole Texas and, and through the whole world, that's revival. It happens when we walk in a spirit of, uh, of the living God and of truth and we walk in authority and we begin to speak on the things that matter. When our values line up with his values, with, when our agenda lines up with his agenda, when we say your kingdom come, your will be done and the things that are contrary to the word of God, we say, be silent, come out of him. Come out of our children. Come out of our city. Come out of our schools. Come out of our churches. Come out of our government. Come out of our politics. Be silent. Then we walk in a level of authority. And authority causes people to listen. Authority causes unclean spirits to reveal themselves. It's interesting that he was in the synagogue and there was an unclean spirit in there. But he didn't have to point it out. He didn't have to say, is that an unclean spirit? No, the unclean spirit revealed itself because darkness can't live in light. Authority causes people to listen and unclean spirits to reveal themselves. One of the greatest speeches, never water. One of the greatest speeches that I think we've ever heard is, thank you, babe, the blonde, ladies and gentlemen. One of the greatest speeches I think that that we've ever heard, a speech that'll give you goosebumps to this day is Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. That's a speech that will live in immortality for eternity. What is it about that speech? Is it the voice? Is it the black and white? Is it the nostalgia? It's all of those things. But ultimately what it is, is what he was saying was truth. Truth is undeniable. When you have the authority of truth on your side, it's undeniable. 
You imagine being, being a racist at that? You're like, oh, my gosh. Darkness cannot live in the presence of light. When light speaks, it says, come out, darkness. What, what Dr. King was saying was from the spirit of God. Spirit and truth. All men are created equal. And racism, just, it just has no place. And it was an undeniable thing. And because of that, we hear that speech today and it's like, people are like, man, I hope I could speak like that one day. He spoke with authority, anointing, and he changed the world. There's three things I think about when I think about Dr. King and that speech. And when I hear it, I think, number one, he knew what he was talking about. As people who represent the kingdom of God, we need to know what we're talking about. We got to understand where God is trying to take us so that we can take people there ourselves. We've got to understand where we've come from so we can understand where we're supposed to be going. We got to know what we're talking about. This is why we got to talk about what matters. We got to talk about the fact that as believers, We need to pray every day. We need to read our word every day. Maybe take the weekends off. But Monday through Friday, first thing when you wake up, sit a little time aside, get with the Father, get a little word in you, start your day like that. Know what we're talking about. The second thing, that gave Dr. King's speech such power was he believed what he was saying. Belief is something that you can't just fabricate. Belief takes time. Time thinking through the matter. When I read the word, you know, sometimes we'll talk to people and they'll be like, oh, I don't believe this. I don't believe that. And that's fine. That's understandable but we know that God's word is true how can you not believe something that's true you haven't spent the time to really understand the matter it's interesting in 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 ancient Jewish wisdom it teaches that most of the things that God asks us to do pretty much just makes sense at surface level. But there's some things that he asks us to do that you've got to sit with him to understand. And it's not until you sit with him and you gain that understanding that you go, oh, now I believe. See, belief and trust are two different things. Belief is more powerful. You can trust God, but when the winds and waves come, that trust is just slightly less meaningful than when you know something in your heart and you go, I believe it. Dr. King's speech was so powerful because he believed what he was saying. And the third thing that made that speech so powerful is that he practiced what he preached. He truly believed it. He truly believed that, that all men were created equal. And I want to close with this. The world is desperate right now for leaders with integrity. I, I pray that the next president of the United States is, is one who really leads with integrity. Wouldn't that be amazing? We need to pray for that. How amazing would that be to have just a godly man leading this country? Man. So let me bring this back to a head here by painting a picture of what this integrity looks like. And I had so many things, so many interesting things that I wanted to share with this message. But 
I didn't want to make it too long, and I wanted to focus on the main points. But in the Bible, there is so many examples of the power of three in things. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just on and on. It's, it's really, really amazing. And I think hopefully in the future I can share more about that. But let me paint this picture because to recap, what am I talking about here? I'm talking about a time coming where true worshipers worship in spirit and truth. I'm talking about walking in authority through a lifestyle of integrity and this authority that Jesus had when he spoke and this authority that Dr. King had when he, when he spoke and, and those being a product of him knowing what he was talking about, believing what he was talking about and practicing what he was talking about. So I want to kind of bring this to a head by painting an interesting picture for you of what integrity looks like. And if you remember a few months ago, I shared a message and I, I showed you guys what the tefillin looks like in, in Judaism. And if you don't remember, the, the tefillin is these two leather boxes and they have straps that hang off of them. And one of them, the Jews and some Gentiles put it on their head in the morning when they pray. And then the other one, they put on their arm and the box points towards your heart. And inside of those boxes is the story of God delivering the Israelite people from the hand of Pharaoh. And so it's a really, it's a really beautiful way to start your day because you're remembering, man, I used to be in slavery. But through the power and the blood of Jesus, I've been set free. And it reminds you that you've been set free for a purpose to talk about and live a lifestyle according to things that matter. So you put this one on your head and it's to remind us that our minds are to be sanctified to God. Our minds, our thought life is to be sanctified to God. And I want to ask you right now, as I kind of paint this picture, to take some time to reflect on this picture that I'm painting about what integrity looks like. Your mind is sanctified. Your thought life is sanctified. And then the second one you put on your arm right here, and it points towards your heart. And what that represents is that your heart, too, is to be sanctified. You know, the Bible teaches something that is contrary to what science and the world and culture teaches us about our hearts. Culture teaches us, follow your heart. Follow your heart, man. You'll be all right. Hey, if you, you, know, if you, if you feel it in your heart, go for it. But the Bible says the heart is deceitful. I'd like to get into this, but I don't have the time. But man is spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is what is always eternally connected to God. Your soul is what he gave you upon your creation. And your body is your actions. But your soul and your heart is where your emotions take place. And we're not to be led by our emotions. We're to be led according to the word of God. So we place this here to remind ourselves that our minds are to be sanctified. And we place this here to remind us that our hearts are to be sanctified, that we don't go based on emotions, but we go based on the the word of God. But it raises an interesting question as to why, if we put this one around our head and we put this one around our arm, if it represents our heart, why didn't we put it around our chest to be close to our heart? And the reason is, it's because God knew when he commanded us to put on the tefillin in his infinite wisdom to include the limb by which we do actions. Because God has called us to be sanctified in our minds 
in our hearts and in our actions. And this is what integrity looks like. When there is a unification of your values, that's what people recognize as truth. And that's what you will recognize as truth. And that's what I will recognize as truth. And, and, and it, it's hard to do. It's hard to live integrity 100% of the time. But it is our goal. It is our goal. And when we, when we strive for it, I promise you, when you strive for it, God will make it easier and easier and easier. It's not always easy to sanctify. And let me just get real as we close this. It's not always easy to sanctify your mind. Sometimes it's like our hearts are there, like our hearts want God, but our mind, it's like my mind is on one. (laughs) Or sometimes like our mind is sanctified, but it's tough to get our actions to. Just being real, right? But I'm here today to talk about what matters. And I'm here today to tell you that if you will identify these three areas of life, mind, heart, and action, and if you will ask God to help you to bring unity amongst those three things, there will be, your life will be like a pillar of strength. It's just like stacked. Mind, heart, actions, mind, heart, actions, all in one. And that's what authority looks like. That's what it looks like to walk in the spirit, but also have the truth. And wherever you go, unclean spirits will reveal themselves. And it doesn't have to look like a a physical manifestation of that. But what it looks like is whenever darkness is in the room and your light, darkness says, I want to be a part of the light. And when you speak, you speak with with an authority. And when you speak, you speak with a confidence. And when you speak, you speak with, with less condemnation in your life because there's unification amongst the value system between your mind and your heart and your actions. So I want to ask us just to go ahead and stand and and close our eyes. And we're just going to take a minute and just evaluate. Just evaluate right now. And this is not a condemny thing. This is a, oh man, I haven't thought about it that way. Or maybe you've just wondered, how can I walk in that next level of authority? And I really believe that God gave me this message today to say, here's a line that we as a church can kind of step across to say, you know, I've never really thought about it that way of, of, of the importance of unifying my mind and my heart and my actions. And Maybe right now is a time to kind of evaluate which of those aspects in your life are your strong suits and which of those aspects in your life are something that you kind of need to pull up to the level of the other things and say, I want my mind, my heart, and my actions to be in unity because I want to be one who God can find when he's searching for those walking in the spirit, those who have the spirit of God. See, there's so many people who... They know, this, they know God's voice, but they're not living in the truth. God wants us to walk in the truth. He doesn't want us just to know about him. So many, so many believers, they, they, they know about God. They know he's real, but they're lacking the truth. They're not living in it. There's no unification. There's no sanctification. There's no dedication of the mind, the heart, and the actions to God. And that's what Jesus came to show us how to do. He said, you've been doing these things in in these traditions. We're not doing away with those traditions, but let me show you how to live those traditions so that when you walk, you walk in my authority. The purpose of church 
is to elevate leaders. And the only way we do that is by dealing with these matters of the mind and of the heart and of the body. That's what we do. That's what we're here to do. We're here to encourage. We're here to motivate. We're talking about all the great things that can happen as you being a believer, the Holy Spirit, the power of it. But if we don't stack, it's kind of like if you're going to do like a heavy squat, you got to make sure that a lot of things are lined up. And with the increase of things that are taking place in the world and the speed with which we talked about things taking place in the world and the need to speak up and the need for us to know what we're talking about, to believe what we're talking about and to live what we're talking about. So when the wave comes, we're standing. It requires that we not only know his voice, but we walk in truth. That our minds are his, our hearts are his, and that our actions are his. And there's no condemnation in those who love Christ Jesus. So if you're short in one of those areas, guess what? Welcome to the club. (laughs) But I am here today to challenge you, to evaluate, to take evaluation of your life and say, Okay, am I walking in truth? Am I walking in real obedience? Is my heart, my mind, and my actions all dedicated to him? And which areas of my life do I need to bring up to the, to the level of the other areas? This is a challenge. This is a spiritual challenge. And this is a warning that it's, The world is going to get darker, but for Christians, it's going to get better and better and better. But we have to be ready for it. Why do we have to be ready for it? Well, so that God, so that number one, it's it's enjoyable. It's really enjoyable. It's difficult to get past the flesh. And I know I'm taking a few minutes here, but this is real talk. It's difficult to get past the flesh. But once you get start, once you start to gain ground on that, it's like, this is so much better. It's so much better. You know, you can have an ungodly relationship with somebody and it can, and it can satisfy your flesh. That relationship will never touch, will never touch what a godly relationship is like will never touch the, you know, and again, nothing against celebrities, but when I see celebrities who are, listen, if, if you've had a child out of wedlock, that's under the blood, that's totally forgiven. But celebrities who choose to have a kid out of wedlock, watch what their life looks like. Well, if they did that a while back, what does their life look like now? If they do that now, watch what their life looks like in 10 years. It's just not going to be good to raise your kid in a broken family. It's just not going to be good. That's just the truth of the matter. So we talk about these things because it it brings us more of a satisfied, so much more enjoyable life. I sit there and I see my son playing and I'm like, that's all I need. (laughs) It's amazing. The blessings of a godly life. But we also align our minds and our hearts and our actions out of obedience to him. Like I said, some things we don't even understand, but we still need to be in obedience to them. And then the third thing is so that you can be used. And this is where we remove the selfishness of, okay, I'm going to serve God because, you know, I want to be blessed and it'll give me a good life. Then you graduate beyond that and you're like, but I need to be able to reach others and bring others along. It's not just enough for me to know the truth. I've got to bring others along. So, you know, I really felt like today I could just teach this message and then be like, do you receive it? Amen. See you later. (laughs) But I really felt like God was like, no, 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 no. Don't set the whole 
table and then not let them eat. (laughs) So what I want to do, and I know it's a little bit different than what we want to do, but normally do, but I want to, I want to ask you to close your eyes and I want to ask you to stretch up your hands. And this is not one of those moments that's like about a viral social media thing. This is, this is like real right here. This is between you and God. This is about your relationship with him, your relationship to him. And again, this is not about feeling bad about shortcomings. This is about feeling good about God's word illuminating. Oh, these are the steps that I take. Oh, I've wanted to know how I walk in authority. Oh, I've wanted to know how to walk in spirit and truth. Oh, okay, I need to sanctify my mind. My thought life needs to be sanctified. Oh, okay, my heart and my emotions. Oh, what does that mean? Well, it means the way that you treat people. Do you gossip about people? Or do you pray for those who persecute you? Heart issues. How you treat people. Oh, okay, well, that needs to be sanctified too. Oh, but also my actions need to be sanctified. Oh, That one's hard, (laughs) but he's calling us. He's calling us. Just like I said, there's these powers in threes. He's calling us to have a unity of values throughout the, the chain of our life, of our spiritual life. Just ask the Lord right now, God, what areas in my life are you calling me to elevate? And then just tell him, God, you know, I want, I, want, I want to elevate my thought life. I want to sanctify my thought life unto you. God, I want, I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. I want you to sanctify my thought life in the name of Jesus. And maybe he begins to deal with you about what that looks like and the things that are maybe influencing your thought life. And and he says, okay, well, listen, here's how you do it. I want you to cut these things out and I want you to add these things. Or is it your heart? You say, God, sometimes I just deal with emotions. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's jealousy. God, in my mind, I, I, I do love you, but sometimes I deal with these anger issues where I, I, you know, I, I gossip about people or I get jealous of people. And God, I want you to sanctify my heart. I want there to be a unity of values in my life. Or maybe, or maybe it's your actions. You say, God, I, I, I love you in my heart. I love, I love people, but sometimes my actions don't reflect that. Or sometimes my actions don't represent you the way that I know that you would want them to. So whatever it is, this is why we're here today. We're here to grow. We're here to grow spiritually and we're here to, to, to lay these things down at the altar And let God do something supernatural in us. Let God touch us. And he touches us and he brings his power and his anointing when we humble ourselves and we pray. So just right where we're at, just with your eyes closed, no one's looking around, just with your hands just stretched up, just begin to talk to the Lord and just tell him what you you want him to do in your life. And I'm gonna pray over you. And then we're gonna dismiss. But Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this house today. God, I feel like this is a message, Lord, that strengthens the foundation of our house. So that, Father, as we move forward and, and messages about what you want to do through us can actually take place because we've strengthened our foundation, Father. Lord, I feel like you're just elevating our spiritual foundations. You're strengthening the spiritual foundations of us right now, Father. So, Lord, we ask that you would just, God, like your scripture says, you want to prune dead branches in our lives, Father.
And pruning is a process that happens throughout the life cycle of any living thing, God. It's not something that happens once and then from then on, it's just alive. So God, we want to have opportunities during church, these altar moments, even from our seats, Father, where we reflect on what you're calling us to do, God, and allow you to bring things to our attention that you want to prune from us, God. Lord, that we can be sanctified. Lord, that we can be forgiven, God. And we can leave this place with clear hearts and clear consciences, Lord. God, so that we can just be in right standing with you. So, Father, if there's anything in any of our hearts, God, in our minds, in our thought life, in our hearts, in our emotion life, or in our actions, Lord, our physical lives, Lord, that, God, you're just saying, Lord, you still love us, but they're not of you, Father. God, right now, we offer them to you right now in the name of Jesus. We just offer them to you, Lord. We offer them to you at this altar in the name of Jesus. And God, we're not believing to be set free from these things based on like our own power or our our own um, seriousness about it. God, we're just believing in your word and we're just offering them to you, God. Lord, we just offer them to you for you to take them, Father. And God, replace those things, Father, with your spirit, Father, so that we can walk in truth. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that, God, we're, the, our church is changing right now. And you're taking us to a new place and you're taking us to a new level, God. And Father, you're releasing upon us a a, a new spirit of discipleship and evangelism in Jesus' mighty name. So Father, I thank you that, Lord, before that time comes, like like your word says, your word says, count the troops before going to war. Before that time comes, Lord, you're, eval- you're allowing us to evaluate our lives, to strengthen our lives, Father, so that when this fresh wave of anointing and revival comes, Lord, the foundation of our church is strong in the name of Jesus. And we just give you praise and glory for this. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy, which is fresh every day in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Give the Lord a clap offering of praise. Amen. Well, a little bit of a different style of a message today, but what did you think? (laughs) Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Have a great week.